the look on the uh, chief's face, as well as all of the uh, chiefs, uh, deputy chiefs and uh, lieutenants and captains and Mm -hmm. battalion chiefs and firefighters that were at our council meeting last night uh, just to enjoy the uh, celebration of this classification. So all good stuff. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, WFPR.FM, anywhere on the internet, and in the Franklin Mass area, local FM dial at 102.9. It was a town council meeting on Wednesday, and we're here on our Thursday morning town council quarterbacking session with our town council chair, Tom Mercer. Tom, good morning and welcome. Uh, thank you, Steve. Good morning to you. Yeah, it's good to be here. We uh, Good to be back. I was... Uh, Traveling a little bit on vacation for a couple of weeks, so good to get back and get back in the swing of things. Indeed. And to that end, we'll try and be condensing as much as we can (laughs) from last night's meeting to give you and the residents at least kind of the highlights of what's going on and what happened. And there's more to come because you get another meeting next week. Um, and then we'll just let you get back to, to catching up on what you missed in the meantime. <laughs> well, very much appreciated, for sure. Uh, so the big news, and uh, for the residents who are listening for the first time, thank you. For those who have been with us before, you realize that we're doing, trying to do a couple of things. Okay, so the meeting was last night. What just happened? And what does it really mean for us? And I think it's a great segue in terms of the major announcement last night was the Franklin Fire Department has now achieved what we talked previously they were working towards to actually have achieved this ISO class one announcement, which has some financial impact to the businesses and uh, Franklin residents. Absolutely does, Steve. And, uh, you know, uh, really, I can't say enough about our fire chief and his staff, his administrative team, as well as every fireman and EMT and paramedic uh, uh, that work for the town, uh, along with the DPW, uh, uh, Mike D'Angelo, communications. Uh, this was all part of getting this new class classification, which is ISO class one. We were and have been ISO class two. But this is such a big deal just for, uh, to put it in perspective, nationally across the entire United States, there's 495 ISO class one fire departments. Uh, We made 496, so we made 495. Uh, And it's just such a huge thing. And the way way it works is you get, uh, when they look, review your uh, uh, department, 50% of the rating comes from the quality of your local fire department, uh, staff levels, training, and a lot of it is training, proximity to the firehouses, that kind of thing. 
that but 40% comes from availability of water supply. And water uh, pressure, uh, absolutely, including, including the prevalence of uh, fire hydrants and how much water is available at each hydrant. Uh, and then 10% comes from the quality of the area's emergency uh, communication system. Mm-hmm. So these are all pieces that we have been being worked on. And since Chief McLaughlin came uh, came aboard, uh, you know, he said to me on day one, he said, we're going to get ISO 1. Uh, I promise you we're going to get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they've done a great job. And last night, uh, Joe uh, Pasco uh, from... Uh, ISO headquarters in uh, God in New York. Uh, he Upstate came up, New York, yeah, no yeah, less. New York. Uh, he drove out uh, just for the presentation last night. So, so it's a great thing, you know. We uh, just can't thank the administrative team uh, from the fire department and all involved. Uh, Brutus and the DPW and the water department, Mike D'Angelo and the communication, and Jamie and his staff, obviously, uh, being part of uh, the regional 911 piece. Uh, Just all of this coming together uh, to allow us to get to this ISO 1 fire rating. And probably the biggest key piece to the townspeople is, uh, let me back up a half a step and say that the ISO is not, does not formally uh, let insurance companies know that uh, a community, a specific community has gained ISO one status or has changed classes whether it be one, two, three, four, five, six. So it's up to the individuals uh, or biz- and or businesses to let their insurance companies know that Franklin has just become ISO class one. And this, uh, all things being equal, a lower PPC being a, a class, a lower class, meaning going to class one score for your area can translate to a lower homeowner's insurance premium. So therefore, you could get a theoretically get a credit from your insurance company as much as two or three uh, percent to uh, lowering or credit from your insurance company because of this classification. So uh, I think somebody spoke to it last night where they said, you know, we're always uh, adding this fee and adding this tax. And here's a situation where we're coming back and saying, here's an opportunity to conceivably lower uh, uh, your insurance premium. So uh, all good stuff. Uh, just a uh, uh, really feel-good piece for the council last night. 
Yeah, two quick reinforcement points to that. And uh, clearly, we're always looking to, you know, try and compare, well, how much, obviously, taxes and fees are increasing from time to time for a variety of needs. But we're always looking to see, how do we compare to others to make sure we're getting the right amount? Well, we are now in a very select class for this particular fire department service. Uh, and thereby, there's only, while well, you said there were four something in the nation, there's only nine in Massachusetts. And two of them are suburban, Foxborough and Franklin. So we're in a unique class. And thereby, we do have high class, high quality fire service, which we've talked of from time to time. Now we have another way of comparing it. And then, oh, by the way, to that point, we can actually get money back potentially by talking to the insurance agents and saying, hey, uh, we got now this status. To how, what does that affect you know, my insurance bills uh, annually, biannually, whatever it is in terms of the payments? So definitely good. Definitely. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I was really uh, uh, highlighting that just to see the look on the uh, chief's face as well as all of the uh, chiefs, uh, deputy chiefs and uh, lieutenants and captains and mm -hmm. battalion chiefs and firefighters that were at our council meeting last night uh, just to enjoy the uh, celebration of this classification. So yep. all good stuff. The moment in the sun. And while we're on yeah. fire, while we've spent time in what was it, three or four of the prior meetings as the police went through a number of their hires and promotions, the fire department got to acknowledge two new hires um, last night as well, which also accounted for some of the extra participation because there were some family members instead of just <laughs> rank and file members there as well. Exactly. Uh, with the chief had two new appointments, uh, James Coke and Michael Eaton, uh, both, uh, 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 again, when we get to these uh, uh, appointments, it's, it's great to have them done in front of the council and have their families there and, you know, uh, get the pinning of the badge by, you know, the uh, spouse or child or uh, last night it was one of each. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it was uh, those are the really good things we get to we get to see now. So uh, Certainly like to welcome James Coke and Michael Eaton aboard and uh, look forward to all good things coming forward. Yeah, and just a, rec a reminder as well, if you get a chance to watch, if you haven't already, watch the video when it comes out through Franklin TV, listen to the recording when I share it through Franklin Matters. But the quality of the, while they're, quote, new employees, then they're new to Franklin. Franklin. But they are already experienced, and the experience list was astounding um, yes. in terms of what they're bringing to us, which is just reinforcing the quality that we already have here as, as far as I'm concerned. So that was, that was all goodness too. Yeah. And then you had a minor, minor, but in terms of time, but not minor overall, because it was a significant impact for the street acceptance piece, uh, which had gone through a roundabout bit because of the uniqueness around the 40B that that proposal had come through. But now the residents along Brandywine and portion of Charles actually have formal acceptance of their streets. 
Yes. And again, <clears throat> these are things we're trying to clean up on a regular basis. And I want to thank the EDC uh, subcommittee who is continuing, as well as our administrative team, Brian Tavener and so forth, uh, from the planning department, bringing these uh, housework uh, cleanup uh, uh, issues forward and picking through them so that we get a lot of these things cleaned up. Uh, we've been doing this on a regular basis. Last night happened to be Brandywine and a portion of Charles. Uh, and this was a little bit different uh, process uh, only because of uh, the fact that it was a 40B and uh, it didn't go through it. wasn't in the normal channel as we see things. So there was a different process used. So it took a little longer to get this through. But uh, last night, uh, obviously, it was uh, a unanimous decision of the council to uh, accept uh, brandy wine and a portion of Charles. So it's all good things for the residents as well as the town. And then you also had three license transactions, uh, relatively unique in a couple of cases. One was a license modification as one business is moving from a location to another, not far, but they are moving. One is actually expanding and making permanent their outdoor dining. And then we've got a net new uh, alcohol license for our restaurant as well. So that was interesting to see all three of those again yeah. approved last night. Yeah, they're really uh, uh, a, a diverse uh, license transaction evening. Uh, the first one being uh, Poor Richard's Wine and Spirits, which uh, is currently in that little plaza off of Grove Street and the end of Grove Street at 140. And they're actually moving a quarter of a mile down the way into that uh, strip center by Ichigo Itchy's there. Uh, that's poor Richard's wine and spirits and moving down there. Hopefully it's a great move for them. Uh, certainly much more parking and availability and probably uh, a little more out in the, uh, uh, out in the scene. So that was one. Uh, the modification was uh, for Let's Eat Franklin, which is, for those uh, not knowing corporate names, that happens to be three restaurant and uh, three uh, has decided uh, to make their outdoor uh, patio uh, permanent. Uh, this was something that uh, became was allowed during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, thank God, because for a lot of cases, uh, uh, it's the only way a lot of restaurants were able to survive through the pandemic uh, was having this outside dining. Uh, and three has just gone through and I applaud their efforts. They've gone through uh, the necessary uh, boards and processes to uh, make their outdoor patio a permanent situation. So uh, that was uh, another piece. Uh, a little bit different. And then the third was uh, the approval of uh, 
common victuallers license for uh, Wintop Acres, which is the Birchwood Bakery uh, at 17 East Central Street. Uh, so that was a new license that was granted last night. And one of the things I uh, mentioned last night, because I had, when I saw these come up, I started to do a little homework and ask some questions. And just for the townspeople to know uh, how well Franklin has is doing post-pandemic, I can tell you that there are more restaurants with common victuals license today than there were pre-pandemic. And I think that's a huge piece. It says a lot for the community, uh, sup which supported a lot of these restaurants during the pandemic, whether it be outside dining or takeout or whatever. Uh, and they were able to survive the pandemic and thrive now coming out of the pandemic. So I thought that that, that was a really, I kind of expected it to be uh, negative three or four, mm -hmm. uh, but when I actually counted the now counted them up and had had the uh, help at the administration with the administration in town hall, double checking my numbers because mm -hmm. I wasn't quite uh, I couldn't quite believe that we were up, but we are actually up from where we were pre-pandemic. So I applaud the restaurants. I applaud our uh, taxpayers and our residents who supported these restaurants uh, through the pandemic, and they've come out on the other side, and things are looking good. Yeah, I think and to reinforce that point, as we walk around, drive around, move in and around Franklin, you know, we still see kind of an empty space here, an empty space there. And when we stop, and th it's hard to really realize because you see the empty spaces and you realize, well, if you stop and think, well, OK, for example, Acapulco's is still empty down on Main Street, but they actually moved to Union and they're yeah. operating there. So there's still another space, but there are other places that have opened in the meantime. So we're better than we were. So we're grateful for that. And we still have opportunity to do more. That's even better, too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So and in terms of some of the help on the horizon, Jamie provided an update on the APA funds, which for those who it's an acronym. Yes, government act, government's full of acronyms. And this is yeah. a federal government program that's coming down in some cases directly, in some cases through the county. Um, but we're actually going to benefit in, in some good ways. Yeah. Uh, I, again, these, this, as you stated, is a federal uh, uh funds that uh, have been made available. And it's really the American Rescue Plan Act is what uh, the actual acronym stands for. And Franklin, uh, you know, it's a total of 10 million, 200,000, roughly to 188,000, somewhere in there. Uh, they approved it in March of 2021. The funds uh, through pots of money, municipal and county. And this is where it gets a little confusing uh, because um, Norfolk County happens to have county form of government. So they have a little bit more control and take a little piece 
uh, of our opera funds um, because it's a county form of government or because Norfolk County has a county form of government. And I think Jamie alluded to last night that Middlesex County, uh, which doesn't have a, a county form of government, the municipalities within that district uh, get all the money. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's aggravating for sure uh, to see the uh, county uh, take 3% of what we were going to get. But, uh, and it's very confusing uh, for a lot of people, uh, myself included, as to how, this, how these funds are being distributed. And it's kind of a work in process as well, mm -hmm. because uh, things are changing on a regular basis. I know you have a uh, interview with uh, Jamie with the town administrator tomorrow, Steve, and uh, he's certainly a better one than me to uh, uh, explain this in a little more detail. Uh, but that's kind of a quick overview of, uh, you know, the ARPA money can be used it can be used for to support public health economic impact uh revenue replacement employee premium infrastructure water and sewer mm -hmm. infrastructure broadband uh so there are all kinds of things that uh but to a degree specific and they kind of have to be approved so we're in the process now of putting the first uh, uh, our first piece in, uh, how long it's going to take us to get reimbursed for it is still a question mark. And, uh, you know, why don't you put Jamie on the spot tomorrow and ask him if we've got an answer yet? Because <laughs> I'm on him every day. What, what yeah. are they saying? When, yeah. when is this money going to come? So. Yeah. Well, thanks for the opportunity to put it in a plug. So, yeah, Jamie and I do a bi-monthly talk, Franklin. That'll be one of our key topics tomorrow. So he can um, wax forth on uh, some of the things, uh, clearly based on his conversations last night, he won't surmise as to what the county is going to do. Oh. He doesn't go that far. He stays within his lanes. But with all due respect, he'll certainly be able to give us a little bit more detail. <clears throat> and for the background as well, for the residents having lived outside of Franklin for a period of time in other parts of the country. I was in Illinois. They also have a, a stronger, and that's by their nature of their own local government, more county-based governments. Uh, so here in Mass, where we're still more local-based, we do have some counties that are active counties and some counties that are just you know, guidelines, <laughs> if you will, boundary lines on a map. Um, the rest of the, the United States operates more on a county-based government and thereby some of those things. And we do get some benefits, but yeah, we lose some money. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just to hit quickly, the round one plan that we uh, have worked on and uh, are submit, have submitted and are submitting for approval. Uh, project one was... Uh, three-year water main repl replacement plan, which is about 1.4 million. Uh, the stormwater infrastructure is uh, one uh, million and a half, I believe. And then the mental health uh, clinician 
uh, Franklin Police Department, there's been a lot of discussion, and Jamie will get into that a little bit deeper, I'm sure, with you tomorrow. That's about 240000 So these, uh, we feel very comfortable that uh, on approval of these, uh, they're right, they fall right in the bailiwick of uh, what this money can be used for. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in particular, one of the other pieces of legislation, um, and that was the first piece that you did approve, was actually the submittal. So now Jamie and the group can actually submit it in through the county, and then it'll be a matter of time before the money comes through us. Um, But one of the key pieces that you just mentioned as well was water sewer fee um, uh, infrastructure work, which will go directly into helping us do some of our stormwater management and that'll also help us bridge to one of the other items that you just approved last night was the final approval on the stormwater fee, which for those, yes, it's an additional fee. It's a relatively minor amount. We get some mitigation with it, but all long-term as I see it, it's going to relieve some pressures from the operating budget in a valid and quote fair way. And I'll let you add to that as well. Yeah. I know you're heavily in, the, in that space as well. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this, this stormwater uh, fee that uh, we voted through last night is something that's off, obviously for the last two years uh, that we started the process, uh, actually, I think in 2019. Uh uh, and then we hit the pandemic and uh, we were doing public outreaches. Uh, I know you were involved in many of them, Steve, and very much appreciate your time and effort in doing that uh, and continuing to do that. Uh, but it's it, it's certainly a controversial uh, piece and has been. Uh, but it's something that the feed isn't going away. Uh, what we have to pay, what we have to do uh, is mandated by the federal government. And uh, we don't have a choice. And uh, we have to figure out a way to pay it. So uh, up to this point, it's been coming out of uh the uh, general fund uh, and the DPW's budget, uh, but we're at a point now where these these costs are ec- escalating and will continue to escalate. We can no longer do it out of the DPW uh, uh, budget. And it comes to, do we want to lose a fireman? Do we want to lose a police officer or a teacher? Uh, or do we want the program itself to kind of fund itself to a degree? So that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I look at it and say, uh, okay, the users, uh, whoever uses these In other words, it's previous and it's uh, uh, 1866 a a unit and a unit's a thousand square feet. So um, it's much, much more into this. And I know a lot of people uh, are very confused by it, but it's basically uh, the amount of previous 
space you have on your property. A normal house, you're probably looking at an average house in Franklin. You're looking at probably $75 or $80 a year uh, is basically what it comes down to. and obviously, nobody likes to uh, put more fees on the books, uh, put more tax on the books. Uh, but sometimes you really don't have an option. And so you have to look at the best way uh, to handle it and the fairest way to handle it. And I think we've done that with this program. Yep. And there'll be a, a summary page. Uh, I've already had, and to your point, uh, we had two of the public hearings before the third was canceled because of the shutdown of COVID at the beginning. Uh, the links to those are available and I'll mm-hmm. summarize in a one post. So it'll be a kind of a one-stop shop. Clearly we'll also reference the stormwater division page on the town, which mm-hmm. enables the individual uh, landowners, residents, et cetera, to go and check what your actual impervious coverage is. Um, if there are adjustments, work through the GIS process, work through the DPW process. They're, they're not perfect. They're claiming that. Um, but they are looking for the feedback. And we do have time now before the stormwater fee actually gets starting to apply to each of our accounts, I believe. Right, which isn't until 2023. So. Yeah, I was getting to that. Yes, absolutely. So it's, it's not right away. We still have some time to make sure we're only paying what we need to as opposed to more than what exactly. we should. <laughs> yeah. And then in terms of an additional fee, a relatively minor one, but better to improve the one-stop shopping for a passport, uh, which is being uh, processed through the town. Uh, Now we've implemented a passport photo capability um, for a minor fee. So if you don't already have your photos, you can take your passport application into the town, get your picture, pay for it, and then do all at once. Uh, and that's great. And here again, that's something that our administrative team looked at and saying, geez, how many people have come in and not had a photo and had to gone down to CVS or Walgreens or somewhere, uh, get a picture taken and then come back and do the. Mm. So it just only made sense to kind of put a one stop shopping up for passports. So we are now a one stop shopping uh, passport, uh, facility. <laughs> yes. Service for the community is part of what we've talked of. Yeah. Certainly the government, our local government is really a service organization. And this is just the more complete service, uh, that they're not going to be providing going forward. So yeah. nothing wrong with that. Well, I think yeah. that kind of covers the recap for last yeah. night. And I know you're still busy trying to dig yourself out from yeah. the time while you were away. So Thank you again for taking time to help make some sense of what went on last night so that people can understand and and appreciate and certainly dig into details as the recordings, video, audio, et cetera, come forward. Uh, have a good rest of the day, sir. And uh, we'll come back again soon, I think, because you get another meeting I, next I week, think, right? <laughs> I think we'll be back together next week, Steve. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Well, thank you very much and thank the listeners. Absolutely. And just a quick reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. 
Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.